The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. We <laughs> wanted to talk on this edition of Fit After 40 about shin splints. Yeah. And um, if you've had shin splints, you know that they're awful. Huh. They're annoying, annoying, annoying. What exactly are they? Well, it's funny that they're called, and to this day, still called shin splints because there's more than one thing that people will call shin splints. So they can either, they can be what's called a compartment syndrome, which is basically the muscle and the tissue in either the anterior or the front of your shin, it gets too large for the space. There's mm-hmm. different compartments in the front and they're held together and kind of everything's in place held held there by what's called fascia, which is kind of like cheesecloth okay. that sits on top of the tissue. And when the muscle and the, and the uh, and swelling or inflammation kind of expands in that area, puts pressure on everything, and we call that a shin splint. Mm-hmm. You can also have something called uh, periostitis, or what would most most commonly people will know it is. It's essentially like an inflammation of the tendon that attaches along the shin bone, mm. and it, there's a muscle called tibialis anterior, and if that gets kind of inflamed right along the shin bone. We call them also shin splints. <laughs> and then last but not least, and the most more serious of the three, also called shin splints, is what we call our stress fractures. And those are little either, well, most of the time, very small, often missed, even on x-rays, hmm. fractures or, um, you know, when we say fracture, everybody thinks a bone has to be broken. Absolutely, fracture yeah. can be everything from a little tiny, tiny, tiny crack until right up until the bone sticking mm-hmm. out of the skin. Mm-hmm. Those are all considered fractures. But these are little tiny ones that form right in the tibia or that shin bone therefore called shin splints mm. and so i think the term i don't i'm not even getting into the history of the term but if it hurts in your shin people call them shin splints but it's very important to know which one of those you have well that's why we come to somebody like you so right. you can figure out which one it is yeah and we usually and and normally we can there's all kinds of things in somebody's history and in their assessment that kind of leads us toward it now something people at home can keep in mind with the more serious shin splints the ones that typically are maybe a a stress fracture, those ones are, there's a few things we pay attention to. The nature of the pain, Mm -hmm. how somebody describes the pain, and when they're getting the pain. Because with with typical... compartment syndrome or an, or an inflamed tendon along that bone, usually it's there when we're active. You want to, you're a basketball player or a runner, you're running stairs, in some cases even riding a bike because you get out of your saddle and you mm-hmm, step mm-hmm. on it. And you're going to get pain while you're doing it. It feels like a pressure and ache and can't even be sharp when it's really inflamed. But what generally happens is you stop the activity and the pain subsides. With a stress fracture, one of the first questions I'll ask somebody is, does it stop hurting when you stop activity? Mm. How long has it been around? Does it keep recurring? And if, it, if you continuously have this pain, even at rest, then antenna get up. You know, We start to wonder what's going on there. Maybe it is a stress fracture. Sometimes during treatment, we'll be doing an ultrasound in that area over the bone. And if there's a little kind of fracture in the bone, the ultrasound will be really sharp and painful uh. because what happens is that sound wave can make its way down the outside uh. skirt of the bone and it gives you what's called a standing wave and that'll give us an idea because you know in behind sometimes it's not very clear which one it is we're treating it and all of a sudden oh 
seen this before so sometimes you'll see sports docks and ourselves will use a tuning fork that's a good example you hit a tuning fork same thing you'd see if somebody use for you know to tune a tune an instrument and that creates this sound wave that also if you held it right over top of a bone in an area can cause an acute pain in that area stand back because you're going to get kicked no well (laughs) yeah and that's the other thing you're right typically with that kind of a pain that they're getting it's pretty sharp it's a different type of a pain and we pick up on that the other two are the ones we treat more often with a shin splint that's of a stress fracture type rest is really important Mm. sometimes a walking boot it really needs a chance to heal and an extended period of time also okay so um i think a lot of people think that shin splints and then we'll use the big umbrella term for them just comes from maybe running or athletics and stuff like that but there's a number of factors yeah uh for shin splints like even you know flat feet you got it uh bad shoes flat feet and cavus feet the opposite as well so some people's high arch so some people have a low flat arch and that can contribute because of the biomechanics but with a high arch there's nothing to absorb the the stress that we put through our foot it's really just a rigid um lever that Mm. we're pushing off of which transmit all the energy up the shin and even to the knee and hip believe it or not so high arches low arches both play a role so important then to have shoes that fit properly especially if you have flat feet or a high arch because this you know shoes that don't fit well or don't provide good support can cause real grief too for the total recovery your footwear is a absolute must in fact one of the most common things we see with people who are developing this whether you're young or old is actually the footwear can Mm. contribute wearing a running shoe for too long uh, the wrong type of shoe for your foot um there's all it really can come down even standing too long Jalen uh if you you know people who stand for long periods of time they can develop these the muscles when you stand even when you're not moving the ankle muscles those muscles that go down to the ankle and support them particularly your shin so if you look at your shin and you stand still and you watch it you'll see it it's working Mm -hmm. it's working to hold us up it's working we've got a little sway we don't stand perfectly still our body moves a little bit and those muscles that are in the shin play a huge role in managing our balance and they're active when you're on one foot you really see it you watch somebody's shin when they're standing on one foot and you'll see that muscle contracting so when it's contracting for long periods of time it can it can develop some ischemia it can be enlarged that creates that compartment syndrome that I'm talking about. Uh, weak ankles, hips, or core muscles, also a big uh, contributor. Back to what I was yeah. just saying. So as a matter of fact, when you've got weakness up above, <laughs> guess what's going to work twice as hard? Yeah. So now all of a sudden you've got weakness up around your hips and even in your lower back, to be honest. And, and now somebody's got to rely more on their ankle to provide that proprioception, that ability to maintain their balance. So it's all transmitted and put onto a smaller group of muscles. And guess what happens? They pay the toll. It is Grant Fedorik with another episode of uh, Fit After 40. We'll take a break here, Grant. When we come back, let's talk about how we treat them and how we know when they're healed because it can take a while. Yeah. It can take a while. That and more coming up on the 6.30 Chat Afternoon News. It's Fit After 40 with Grant Fedorik from Leading Edge Physiotherapy. Someone texted in and said, hey, have you uh, touched on or will you discuss plantar fasciitis? We did talk about it a couple months ago, but let's do it again soon because it's a really popular one. I get asked all the time about it. Okay. We treat it. I love to treat it because we treat it so successfully. So we definitely have to make that a topic Okay, again. Kelly Boy says, I'm 57 in good shape. Went water skiing. Crashed my right chest muscle underneath Ooh. the ribs. Hurts badly. Quite certain it's not broken. Uh, but I don't get sharp pains, but the muscle's 
really hurt. Any suggestions? Well, here's I've got bad news for you. <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna have an injury that there's really time is is necessary to solve, it's the ribs. Um, so unless you've done something to the pectoral muscle, which I do recommend you come in and have us look because if it is the uh, one of the muscles of the mm-hmm. chest, we can help. If it is in fact a bruised rib, um, then time really yeah. you need time and ice. Just keep it settled down, analgesics if you can. The other thing it can also be is sometimes you can do damage right where the rib meets the sternum mm-hmm. and we can help you with that if you did in fact uh, call, we call it a costochondritis or costochondral injury it's right where the rib and the sternum mm-hmm. meet we can help that so, all right yeah. so shin splints we were talking about uh, this today and one of the things I've noticed you know normal walking you know everyday walking not a big deal but when you decide to maybe step it up a little bit maybe start walking again for some of you who want to do that running whatever that just seems it's like within five minutes it's like ah sure it hurts sure i I mean i i'll speak from experience how about i squash this is (laughs) i love squash it's it's a sport i love but you know what you shouldn't do is go play squash when you haven't played it in a while (laughs) everybody knows the saying squash butt but how about squash shins Mm. what can happen is those muscles they're like i said earlier they are working all the time if you're standing and walking and they're already very active muscles now you ramp it up and there you ask more Mm -hmm. you demand more of it and without tapering or bringing it up bringing it on and bringing it down properly when you first do things those muscles will be overused and I literally have had it where my foot's slapping on the ground as I'm walking I can't even lift my toes and I'm tripping on things like I can't step over (laughs) in fact it's happened to me where I was you know I I look like I might have been inebriated in a bar and I just got there (laughs) after playing squash So so do we stretch them first right yeah and you can and in fact it's a it's a the ankle is probably the most neglected mm-hmm. part of the body when we get out there and we want to start doing activity we might warm up for other things but we rarely think of the ankle and we rarely think of the feet um, so in fact you can and it, it, it more important is during and after I always tell people the we do like active warm-ups let's get going that is the science today you're not going to you're not going to enhance your performance by dry you know static stretching right before and think this is going to help me prevent an injury but during and after it definitely can take some of the toll away from what you've done and it can help out and in advance even ongoing stretching is yeah. important because flexibility is going to play a role so what you can actually do to stretch those muscles of the front of the shin it's pretty simple in fact if you're just sitting in your chair at home all you have to do is drop your foot underneath you and behind you point your toes <laughs> and just add a little bit of pressure and you're actually getting a little bit of stretch uh, if you're a little more flexible than that you can kneel down on the floor and kind of sit down on your mm-hmm. heels with your mm-hmm. toes pointed I recommend if you haven't done this before to do it on a bed it's a softer surface okay. your foot's got a little bit more play on the bed than on the floor and that's where some yoga poses are really good for the ankles you see kind of that pose where they go back and, and sit down on mm-hmm, the heels and mm-hmm. stretch right out I, I can't tell you the name of it somebody can text us what the name is but it's a really good pose for getting a good stretch of the ankles um, and that does pay off in the long run if you've got good flexibility around the ankle we have uh, about four or five minutes left um, so you know do some stretching if you're getting out there especially even if you're just 
going for a walk. You, sometimes yep. if you're just, you haven't done that for a long time, you know, think about that. So treatments, there's a number of treatments, yep. you know, um, some basic ideas though, you know, resting your body, icing your shin. Yeah, so if it's brand new, uh, you've just got it. A good thing to do is a neat little tip at home. If you've, you know, uh, I know we're getting rid of single use disposable uh-huh. stuff, but you, you know the coffee cups, the insulated coffee yeah. cups, styrofoam cups, fill those up with, you fill one of those up with water and you put it in the freezer. And now what you can do is rip it from the bottom and you've got something you can hold on to which is an ice cube, oh. of course. And what you can do is actually take that. If you've got if you've got shin pain, and if it's of the nat- if it's periostitis, or if it's that kind of tendonitis type problem, or that that uh, compression type problem, you need to reduce the swelling oh. and inflammation there. So you can take that ice cube essentially without having to hold it in your bare hand. Now you can use that styrofoam cup and hold it, nice. and you can go up and down your shin, and you can kind of rub the ice yeah. directly on it, oh. and you can do that for about forty five seconds don't hold it in one place that's how you get frostbite but if you keep it moving up and down the shin for 45 seconds to a minute that can help if you don't want to have if you don't have that of course the old bag of peas in the freezer and a wet cloth on there for a good 15 to 17 minutes up to 20 right on the shin is going to help reduce that swelling and inflammation definitely an at-home type treatment anti-inflammatories yeah anti-inflammatories are helpful if you can take them advil you don't need anything too aggressive you can also one of the problems with both one of the treatments that works for both of the other ones, which again, not the stress fracture. So we're talking about the uh, garden variety. Yes. Uh, <laughs> shin splints. Quote me on that one. This is a new name for shin splints, the garden variety. <laughs> um, but if you take, you can take a, a golf ball in your hand and you can also mm. move that up and down along the muscle, yep. not on the bone. We're not trying to create trauma there. What we're trying to do is just get that muscle spasm to settle down, take some of the stress away from the attachment. And that can feel really good to do um you know I, i'm not I, one to tell people to go to youtube or anything yeah. because i really think you should know what you got so that we give you the right advice and so you know the best bet is to go see physiotherapists go check you know go you talk to, to grant because you have another number of options that you can use depending on what variety it is that's right i mean we have the, there's so many things so many tools at our disposal that can help with shin splints they're very very treatable okay. from grass and technique where we're using kind of a metal oh. tool to help break down some of that scar tissue and some of the thickening of the muscle that has happened, especially if you're getting them chronically. Because a lot of people just, oh, my shins get sore when I run and they just keep it up. It's not hampering them. Mm -hmm. It's not really stopping them from running, but they've got it for a long period of time. Well, what's happening is they're building up. The tissue is actually getting thickened. The collagen in that tissue is getting, isn't as resilient anymore. And we can actually help to elongate it, create a healing environment using a grass and technique, uh, IMS, even acupuncture. Acupuncture can be quite effective just for increasing the circulation to the area. IMS for releasing the muscle if it's shortened. And that's when we use a tiny, tiny acupuncture needle, but into the muscle directly. Some people out there call it dry needling. (laughs) We have a specific technique we do called IMS. Um, And then down to some of the old, you know, good old fashioned ultrasound just to increase the circulation in that tissue. Stretching and you hit it on the head. We have to look above. And I always Mm -hmm. say when you've got a problem, you got to treat above and below. So lots of times 
there's issues that can be going on with the knee or the hip and we got to look at it and make sure that that's going well and then the bigger picture your shoes your footwear mm-hmm. your training mm-hmm. what were you doing yeah do you just need to modify that sometimes that's the case and and just remember too i mean uh when your shin splints are healed it says you know you should be able to be as flexible as your other leg that's right um, it's, as the strength you can push on the spots that used to be painful as well and you, you can it. do your exercises without pain again and sometime it can and will take weeks or months yeah and these ones typically if somebody's got it you're looking at a minimum of six weeks to get Mm. through and for recovery so there's no quick cure you're not going to come in i had shin splints there are some that if you catch them early enough certainly we've got those you know those i hate the term people think it's a miracle no we just got it at the right time and got the right treatment but most of the time there's a period of time you've got to solve it in the body what we can do as physios everybody listening we can't cure anything we what we can do is give the body the best chance to recover mm-hmm. and that's that's the best kind of advice let us help you get your body into the right position so that it can go through that recovery a leading edge physiotherapy it's grant fedoric uh fit after 40 if you have a question for the physio again i know lots of you texting in right now go to leadingedgephysio.com click on the little button that says ask the physio i love those one of them will get back no, to no, you no no i will grant grant himself <laughs> will get back to you you heard it from his mouth. So again, leadingedgephysio.com. Grant Fedoric joining us this afternoon as we talk about shin splints. Uh, we'll talk again next month, Grant.